You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Welcome back to the SG Drive-In. Today, we're going to be talking about clear and present danger. I'm one of your hosts for today's episode, The Region Rat, Brandon Knight. And I am joined here today by the man who needs no last name, Joe. Joe. How's it been going? Not too shabby. I've had an opportunity to walk to watch through. Um, honestly, some of the best that cinema has to offer. Getting ready for these uh, to talk about these different blockbusters. So I'm excited to jump in. Have you ever read a Tom Clancy book? Yes, when I was uh, in high school, um, late high school, I was trying to impress this girl. Um, as all so, good stories go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I pretended like I was like this, you know, bookworm and all of that kind of stuff. Um, which I was not, I am not. And so I've read a spattering of various classics, classic authors and, and notable okay. authors like Tom Clancy and people that, um, which for those in those, those, uh, keeping track at home, so I must've done something right because I did in fact end up marrying after a long preponderance of backstory later in between those two <laughs> times, the woman I was trying to impress is in fact my wife. Wow. See kids just start reading books. Magical things happen. If there's something anything like you could take away from today's episode is that Disney sounding ending. I've never read a Tom Clancy book because they are very intimidating looking. And this is coming from the guy who's read the Lord of the Rings. They're just, I mean, one of his books is like th all three of the Lord of the Rings. Same with Stephen King. Like his books are huge. And I've heard that at least with Clancy, his books are very detailed. Again, yeah. weird, weird comment coming from the Lord of the Rings guy, but like excruciatingly detailed. <laughs> well, I, I think, I think, Lord of the Rings and Stephen King are detailed in a different kind of way. Like they are, de they are, are detailed in a very similar way. Whereas with Tom Clancy, it's all the, uh, the operational stuff uh, with that's caked within the story. That's all of that's the what detailed yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's, I've heard like any, anytime it's like ships or planes or whatever, it's like very detailed this button, that button, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah. today we're going to be diving into the third installment in what I have learned is called the Ryan verse. I did not know that this had a name, but of course it does because we all have a name. Joe is always pushing us to get into other geekdoms, to check out other fandoms. So we're here in the Ryan verse. Do you know how many people have played Jack Ryan? I don't off the top of my head. So off the so there are five people who have played Jack Ryan. So first you have the Hunt for the Red October, Alec Baldwin. Then you have the two we've talked about, Patriot Games and Clear and Paid Present Danger, Harrison Ford, generally accepted as the best of all of this. Then there was a reboot in the early 2000s with Ben Affleck, The Sum of All Fears. Huh. Then in the 2010s, there was Chris Pine, in Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. And now currently there's a Jack Ryan show just called Jack Ryan on Amazon Prime starring John Krasinski. So you got Baldwin, Harrison Ford, Ben Affleck, Chris Pine, John Krasinski. Not a bad lineup of men playing this character. Um, 
I mean, to varying degrees, I guess. But yeah, I mean, no one's Harrison Ford, but the rest of them make sense. <laughs> uh, I think Chris I, Pine is kind of the outlier of that yeah, group. I, I think both of the newer ones are are both they both are weird to me. But then again, I am not like every other quiet place oh, fanboy that loves John Krasinski. I think John Krasinski is overrated. That's my hot take. Well, you have to have one per episode. I have to. But but like like I said, this is the third installment in the original lineup. Uh, Some of all fears, the Chris Pine one, the current show. These are all rebooted attempts. So those are just over here on the side. Hunt for the Red October, Patriot Games, and now Clear and Present Danger. This is kind of the original trilogy. My understanding is that in the books, eventually through a series of assassinations, Jack Ryan becomes president of the United States. In this one, Joe, I know you've seen this movie recently. It's been a while since it's been a while since I've watched this. Can you catch us up? Where is Jack Ryan at in this franchise at this point? So Jack Ryan kind of is played off to be almost like a civil servant sort of thing, but like almost like a unassured uh, assured of himself um, product of bureaucracy that just cares about doing the right thing. Okay. You know, we'll never say no. And, and just, he stands up for what's right. Even if the things around him are wrong. And it was interesting to me to watch this in particular, because, you know, as, as we've talked about the name that you think of when you think of a summer blockbuster is Harrison Ford. So a lot of this that we're covering this year or this summer is is all a lot of Harrison Ford stuff. And Harrison Ford has a way of playing a very typical archetype whenever he's mm-hmm. on the screen. And with this one, it's a bit different. It almost feels like the type of character that he would play that's evolving into somebody like an Indiana Jones or somebody like a sure. like a super self-assured mm-hmm. you know alpha type sort of thing like you mm-hmm. see the underlying current of you know this expert assassin or this this adventuring you know hero sort of thing but he's not there yet and mm-hmm. he's coming but he is coming up against basically all of these very powerful men around him that are all a part of the same conspiracy. I think as iconic as Indiana Jones and Han Solo are, the best Harrison Ford is the I'm not too confident, I'm kind of in over my head roles that he plays. Because you're right, there is a level of, even though he's an FBI agent who eventually becomes, isn't he head of CIA or part of like a higher up level of the CIA in this one? Yeah. He is still kind of in this place of doubting himself, gets in way over his head. I'm actually more of a fan of Patriot Games. Uh, And in that one, he's got one B.A. Irish IRA agent after him the entire time and played by Sean Penn. Love him. I'll stop gushing. Um, And he's in over his head. And I look at a lot of the other iconic Harrison Ford roles that I really enjoy. The Fugitives, another great example of he's like, he's just a doctor. And yet here he is like, people are trying to kill him. He's on the run from the U S marshals. 
I think of Devil's Own with him and Brad Pitt, where he's just a cop. And again, he's in some type of mess with the IRA. Um, there was one other one. Oh, Firewall with Paul Bettany. Yeah. He's just a normal guy and he's being held hostage until he snaps and beats a guy to death with a blender. It's a great scene, everybody. <laughs> so these roles where Ford is playing a unassuming person who gets caught up in some bigger adventure yeah. way over his head. Those are the movies that really I gravitate towards with him. And I think it's because by look, he fits that role really well. We're not talking about another Stallone or a Schwarzenegger or Jean-Claude Van Damme, who is jacked beyond all reason. Like yeah. Harrison Ford is kind of a normal looking guy, a good looking guy. He did do working girl and Sabrina after all, but he's a, uh, I'm just showing everybody how much I like Harrison Ford. He's, he's normal. He's a normal guy who the Irish army just wants to keep trying to kill him apparently yeah so for those that haven't watched this again watch the movie we can't a synopsis is not do the um not going to do this movie justice it's a good popcorn flick but mm -hmm. what what we have here is a guy whose uh very good friend mentor is goes down with cancer uh admiral james greer and that's when he's appointed as the acting uh, deputy director of the CIA. And that's James Earl Jones, right? Yes. Is that James Earl Jones for character? Yeah. Yeah. And and you see this this uh, degradation of the the uh, of the admiral, and leading to his eventual death. And you see that that's having an impact on. Harrison Ford, where where it's it's some of his most human work mm -hmm. that I can think of. Like it just you can tell that this is actually a guy. This isn't Indiana Jones who can do all of this crazy stuff and is basically immortal by the end of the series. Again, nothing after the third movie happened. I refuse <laughs> to admit to it. Um, but this is this is way more of a of a human role and um everything is is thrown the wheels of the movie are thrown into action when a fr close friends of the president are killed in their sleep by what they think to be uh drug cartels and jack ryan is called in to investigate um what he doesn't know is that the CIA uh, has already sent in a uh, basically an, an operative to lead um, an illegal uh, para, uh, para, paramilitary force in Colombia. And things get complicated and all of those kinds of things. But this to me, uh, I think the power in this one you know, so much of what we what we've talked about so far has been about the spectacle, I guess, of it all the mm. the the grandeur of the adventure and all of those kinds of things. This is one of those movies that I would still classify as a popcorn flick, even though it came out in May. Um, that the a blockbuster, I should say, even mm. though it came out in May, but. Is is one that tells a rich tapestry of a story 
um, that that is very much that in line with the good guy out of the political structure wants to shine a light on all of the corruption going on and things like that. And mm-hmm. honestly, this is one of those movies that I I almost need a movie like this to be as cupcakey as it is in certain ways. Otherwise, okay. you're going to very quickly lose me. So it is absolutely zero surprise or or, or a, a secret that I am very aware and very hypersensitive to corrupt government. Sure. Cor- corrupt government is a way of life. Corrupt government isn't a story beat. Mm-hmm. Unless you're showing somebody who's willing to stand up against cor- corrupt government and mm-hmm. take down the system that is causing the problem and all of those kinds of things. That okay. to me, uh, I it's a believable role with a believable actor that's playing a believable character. If you've never seen this original trilogy, I can't really speak for all the remakes afterwards, but if you've never seen this original trilogy, it's not James Bond and it's not West Wing. It's somewhere in the middle of, yes, there's action. Yes, there's drug cartels and the IRA shooting at people and blowing stuff up and secret Russian submarines and blah, blah, blah. But it's it's political drama. That's really what this is all categorized as. It's political. It's a drama piece. And it sounds like I don't want to say that this one fictional character is what's going to restore your faith in the American government system. I'm not that stupid. But it sounds like this is a character. This is a character that we all need of an example of not that the government is good, but that there can be and should be people who Joe knows that when I start pausing and talking more like William Shatner, that I'm really trying to compose my sentence as well, that there can be and should be people who are willing to stand up against the actual corruptness and address this immoral behavior, immoral immorality of his all. Yeah, I I definitely thought that you were going to go a different direction. And I'm proud of you that you didn't go that other direction. With this, this is one of those, for me, this this shows my flesh. This shows my desire for my version of justice. Okay. And, And my version of justice says that if it can happen to one man, then you need to treat the system it's broken. Okay. And that combating that in this movie is probably the best Hollywood depiction that I can think of, of that one man standing against the crimes of the government sort of, sort of story. It's been done before, but this sticks out in my mind as one of the better um, portrayals of that story beat. I think something that makes this one different from others because i was trying to think of an example is that harrison ford jack ryan is not presented as an anti-hero that makes you question if you should be cheering for him think v and v for vendetta like he is standing against the immoral government and trying to bring it down but in v for vendetta he's really trying to bring it down wherein with jack ryan with clear and present danger he's confronting corruption and yeah. trying to address it at a 
address it in a holistic way. That's not the right word, but you you get what I'm trying to say here. I do, I do, and I think part of what makes this one so special, and I'm gonna I'm gonna channel my inner Josh and and shout out you're to wrong. You, Josh. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, sh- shout out to you, Josh, because I'll I'll hit this one for you because I know that this is something that you would say. Oh, I, I think, know where this is going. I think part of what makes this so noteworthy is it tells truths that we can that many of us can relate to. Okay. The government is corrupt. That we wish that there was somebody that would stand up and stand in the gap. Mm-hmm. And we can get into the theological side, but I think part of where a lot of us in our generation is disenfranchised with the system is the system has been making people rich for quite a while and mm. is filled with with old mindset and all of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not trying to sit here and, and portray all of everything is bad and all of those kinds of things. I, I will I will hold myself back a little bit from going too far down the opinion piece ro- uh, road here. But I think I think Jack Ryan, I, I think clear and present danger is a story where a lot of us can put ourselves in that role like living vicariously through, like wishing that we were the ones that were taking down okay. the corrupt government and things like that. Um, because this this really does question a lot of things and drag a lot of things into the light that just otherwise kind of get assumed but never talked about. Okay, I like that. Do you think the title, Clear and Present Danger, would be a great title for a youth minister in the 90s to use for a spiritual warfare series cuz i think that that's that's money that's money right there clear and present danger that's a great i'm making a joke you can stop looking at me like that <laughs> this guys you know you you see you see so much of you know we we are the best duo on sg fight me i we're, uh-huh. we're better than we're better than Josh and TJ um, or Pastor Will and Kino. Uh, <laughs> but we, you, you see, you see so much of where we track with one another. And then Brandon's got to go show his Baptist. And, and just, <laughs> just, there's always got to be that guy who pees in the pool, ruins it for everybody else. Um, no, jokes aside, good? No. Did it happen? I am certain of it. I'm I sure am it happened. absolutely <laughs> sure that that was a thing in the 90s. Oh, for sure. You know what? One of my favorite parts of Clear and Present Danger is, I promise this isn't a Baptist joke, Willem Dafoe. I stinking love Willem Dafoe. Yeah. I was a very small child when I was first introduced to Willem Dafoe in the form of the Green Goblin in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie. He is amazing in the Boondock Saints. Circle back around to that at some point. But this is another great performance by Willem Dafoe. He's just, he's like Christopher Walken. He basically always plays himself. He always plays the same character, but we're definitely okay with that. Yeah. It's kind of like the anti-Tom Cruise. I I don't enjoy anything that Tom Cruise is in because it's Tom Cruise playing a character. I do not believe Tom Cruise in a single movie that he has ever played in. Okay. 
and that's the that's that's when that's done poorly. When that's done well, and it's basically the same character just in different contexts. Now this character is a detective, like in uh, Boondock Saints, or now. Mm-hmm. This guy is a retired government official or whatever, or, or mm-hmm. mega maniacal villain or whatever. Sure. When that's done at its best, that you're talking about guys like Woody. Mm-hmm. Dude, I love him. I love him so much. Yeah, Any I other was first highlights? introduced to it to, through, by way of Boondock Saints. And by Boondock Saints? Okay. Yeah, it's fun to go back and watch these movies because the, I could tell you the last time that I saw Clear and Present Danger, I was probably aware of who William Defoe was, but and, and honestly, this could the same thing could be said for several of the incredible cast of characters that are in this movie. Like the 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 mm-hmm. the cast list on this movie is insane. But this is one of those that has benefited with age because I have grown more fond of each one of the individual actors from other things that I've seen them in. So to see them come okay. together in almost like a 90s super group was okay. really cool. That is pretty cool. I I get that with uh, James Earl Jones, because I know he's a pivotal character in this. You know, to me, he was always the guy who did Darth Vader's voice and the creepy old man in the Sandlot. But he liked that one. But yeah, now you look back at it, it's like, oh, Here's here he is in this as well. Doesn't Sam Jackson, does Samuel Jackson have a bit role? I know he shows up at one point in Patriot Games. I can't remember if he shows up in this one as well. I think so. It was one of the movies that we were watching recently. And I've I've been going through all of these these different movies and mm-hmm. using this as an excuse to watch them. Um but Sam Jackson was in one of them. I don't remember if it was okay. this one or not. I get you. Any final thoughts on uh, Clear and Present Danger? Um, if you like Clear and Present Danger, then I would suggest going and watching um, Air Force One as well. Because Ooh, yeah. Air Force One is another one where he plays more of a a person than like this entity like he does in some of these some of his other ones where it's just this unstoppable force like a like a han solo or like a uh harrison or like a indiana Indiana jones Jones. you know all of that but like this is this is probably peak harrison ford for this style of character that he is for for me anyway so if you like this one one that hasn't come up yet is air force one i think is is a fantastic movie yeah i don't know exactly what we're gonna do next summer for the for our summer movie series but we might have to find an excuse to do air force one because that's another one you have a great cast of characters because it's Oh, I can't think of who plays the bad guy, but it's it's a named dude. Is that Gary Oldman? Uh, I believe so. I think it's Gary Oldman who plays the bad guy in the movie. Um, you got iconic lines. Get off my plane. Yeah, that's yeah. I cannot agree with that more. It is Gary Oldman. Yep. Yeah. Totally don't recognize him because I my first introduction to Gary Oldman was the Dark Knight trilogy playing Commissioner Gordon. And then I watched this after the fact and i was like oh yeah that is him isn't like halfway through the movie it's it always happens you know you're watching a movie and then they say something that sounded like another character that they played in a different movie and you're like oh yeah it is that guy happens to me all the time love that before we close the door on harrison ford because this is shockingly the last time we get to 
intentionally talk about him. We It might come up again. Who knows? We like Harrison Ford. But this ends our Harrison Ford movie marathon. We have a cool DC Comics one coming up when we run this back. Joe, we're both guys of a certain age. There is a certain Harrison Ford film that we have not touched on. And I just want your quick opinion. Blade Runner. Uh, underrated. And I think all overall, a pretty decent movie. Okay. I've only seen it once. And it was within the past couple of years because I needed, I just felt like I needed to see it. And I thought it was okay. I'm a sucker for older crime noir type of films, you know, like the stuff they play on Turner Classic Movie. And I did not know that that was kind of a through line with Blade Runner. So I appreciated that. I liked that element up overall i don't know which version i watched it was the ultimate director's cut or whatever version netflix has that was all right well well on that note let's go ahead and wrap this up so for our cinema related question for this episode joe what is the earliest film you remember seeing in theaters in theaters has to be either the mask or ace ventura whatever one came out first but i know that i saw both of them with my family when I was a kid. Mask or Ace Ventura? I've yeah. only seen parts of Ace Ventura. I don't know if I've actually ever seen The Mask. I might have to put that on my to-do list. Yeah. Wow, your eyes just got to... really bit. Do you like yeah, that movie? That, that's because you're of you're you're on the the fringes of the uh, of of the the age group that i'm a part of but oh, yeah. still you are of you are of a particular vintage that usually people in our age group have seen that and so you know you what not see you know what it is you know what it is not only am i on the fringe because i do ride that are you a millennial or are you a gen zer of all these meaningless terms and the answer is yes um but the other reason is because my mom didn't like jim carrey so oh, there you go. a lot of his movies I did not see until much later, like Dumb and Dumber. I think I was in high school by the time I saw that for the first time. The oh, wow. only exception was, for whatever reason, Batman Returns. She thought he was hilarious as the Riddler. Well, there but you I go. could not couldn't watch anything else. The earliest movie you're going to love this one. The earliest movie I remember seeing in theaters, Pokemon the movie. Nice. I think there was I can remember being in the theater earlier than that for other movies but i don't remember what the movie was that's the one i remember going to was pokemon the movie and my dad took me and he loves to tell the story about how it gets to be the part when mewtwo is drowning drowning on and on about you know we're destroying the environment you know all that stuff that we like to talk about here on the show and my dad looks is like falling asleep listening to this. He was a really good sport, took me to see this movie because I was dying to go. And he says he looked over at the dad sitting next to him with his kid, and he was also falling asleep during that part as well. So thanks, dad, for putting up with my childish dreams of going to see the Pokemon movie in theaters. I I kind of want to ask how old you were when that movie came out, but I don't want to feel old. Yes. Pokemon, the first movie, 1998. I was four. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, we didn't mention this in this episode. Uh, this was my birth year movie, 1994, Clear and Present Danger. I'm really excited for the second movie from my age, from my year, The Crow. I'm looking forward to doing that one. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for dropping in and listening to this 
next edition of the SG Drive-In. We will be back next week for The Phantom Menace, I believe is the next one up. And I think that's TJ and Will, at least. Josh might be on that one, too. But we're going to be... This is turn of the century 1999 there was a lot of good movies that year that's like 89 all over again something about the nines they get good years head on over to our website systematicology.org where you can check out links to all of our other shows the episodes we've created here patreon the whole nine yards it's all right there and remember we are all a chosen people a geekdom of priests This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.